first, I want to just say thank you for the uh, invite, um, Dr. Muhammad and, and Mr. Mr. Davis. Thank you for, for all that you've done uh, for the community and for the fathers. And, and thank you for even thinking of me to be able to come to this point. And of course, the South Health District and the baby love and, and a big, big thank you to all of the fathers who are taking steps by participating in this program and doing that and uh, reaching a milestone like graduation. I mean, that, that's something that's something big. I hope that's something that we're not looking past. And I didn't know when they asked me to come and talk that I was going to be talking for the graduation. You know, so that's an extra incentive, you know, so I'm just saying I really want to make sure that you guys know how proud I am of that. And just I don't want you to look lightly of that. And I got a couple things that I will share. And I hope that is something that you could grab something that that goes along with the core values that Mr. Davis already spoke about, something that that will enhance your gift and talents, something that just going to help you actually be more resourceful with your resources, learning how to use this program, learning how to use all the things that great speakers like Dr. Williams has already spoke to you. So I know that he, he gave a lot of core content. So I, I can't compete with all those great people. So I'm hoping that I could just do anything to just motivate you to look inside yourself and believe a little bit more about yourself and move forward. So again, if you got any questions, man, don't hesitate to talk to me at the end. I'm going to try to run through it. I know you've been on the phone. I know it's difficult sometimes to hold that phone to your ear, um, but just grab what you can grab and use it however you can use it. Um, but family is always first, man. And so I, I just want to thank you guys for investing in your family. I'm a big family guy and everything I got is centered around family. So for you to even be here, um, man, that's huge. And, and it's very, very huge. So again, man, congratulations. My heart goes out and I know that you're taking steps to do a great things for your family and not only that for this community um but like you said man a little rundown you know i'm from columbus georgia just like a lot of people you know i'm from a broken family you know the the bad thing is i didn't know it was broken until i got older uh you know my father had a child before he got my mom my mom had a child before she got with my dad then they had me then they split up you know so then so technically i'm my only child but I got six and seven brothers and sisters. And sometimes that number get fishy. All right, so six, then sometimes we say seven. But it's a huge family. And, and we don't look at it that way. And nobody ever spoke of it as being broken. I didn't realize it until I got to high school and college that something wasn't right. But my brothers is my brothers, and that's my heart. So family is always first. Um, and I say I'm blessed. And you know, when they always say that it takes a village, and I'm going to say that was me. You know, I was raised by two different grandmothers. Uh, one died, so I had to live with the next one. Uh, um, so I've been through a lot of things that a lot of people don't think I've been through because of where I am, but I've been through. I lived in the project, so I've been through all those hardships as a child. Um, so I have that that PTSD from being young and broken, not knowing it and trying to get there and, and all this and that. Um, but the one thing that I would say that saved me is sports. Uh, sports saved me. It, you know, sports saved me from the streets. You know, uh, sports saved me from from myself. You know, and sports saved me from my friends, you know, so most of the time athletes get that pass. You know, you don't have to go fight this time because we know you got a game to get ready for. Um, you know, so when David asked me to speak and just kind of relate it to coaching, you know, I, I can't blow past that. I just kind of let you know the root of it. So, you know, I'm from that background where the drugs were being dealt and sold. And I remember stuffing my suitcase coming from California with with moonshine, you know, so don't go tell the law on me now. But, you know, we was traveling as a minor. I have 
suitcase full of moonshine and all that type of stuff in my family. Um, so I come from that type of background and I'm lucky and I'm blessed enough to know that sports was able to pull me from that. And that's just kind of my speech that I'm going to today is just talk about how sports changed me and the things that I learned from sports. So I remember when I got to high school, um, I went to Kendrick High School in Columbus, Georgia. So as a freshman walking in, my older brother just left. He just graduated. All right. And of course, my older brother's about 6'3", 280. He just got a full scholarship to University of Auburn. He's starting at Auburn as a freshman. All right. Then here comes his little brother walking in to the high school. So immediately they throw me right into the fire. All right. Now I'm not 6'3", 280. I'm 6'1". And at then I was about 170, 180. So I was a little skinny guy, um, but they didn't care. And they just pretty much put me right in the fire. And then we and Kendrick, we was a too tight wishbone offense. So I don't know if I got any football people here, but we didn't have no receivers, none of that. It was smash mouth. It was come on, get you some right now. It was right now. It was put both hands down. We ain't, we going forward. And, um, and here I am, this little freshman, they throw in that inside drill in the varsity. And I tell you, I got my bell rung. You know, I thought I was doing something and that dude really turned my face mask around and all that. And I had a coach, man, Coach Dodell. He kind of old, old guy, kind of looked like Papa. I had real big forearms, but he grabbed me by the back. This was back when this was legal. Now things have changed. But he grabbed me by my collar and by my britches. He drug me across the ground where the grass is going in my face mask. And he threw me into the pile. He said, from now on, this is what you do. From now on, you stay low and you keep them feet moving. Stay low and keep your feet moving. Okay. And that stuck with me. And that's all I heard all year. He just kept hitting me. Stay low and keep your feet moving. Now, I didn't get to start varsity, but I did play and get in some games. But he just always said, stay low, keep your feet moving. It does not matter how big they are. Stay low and keep your feet moving. It does not matter how many mistakes you make. Stay low and keep your feet moving. And I followed that that mentality, and that's the mentality that I developed in high school. And thank you for a coach that did that. And I just used that mentality in everything I did. I stayed low, and I just kept my feet moving. Uh, and eventually, in high school, I did make all city as a 190-pound guard. And I did have the pleasure of playing at VSU for a few years. Um, but then I had to leave football alone and focus on not going back home. Um, it came a point where I had to make a decision that the the sports was kind of getting in my way, and I knew that I couldn't go back home. So I looked back home and I saw what everybody was doing and I knew I couldn't go back. Okay, so I had to stay low and keep my feet moving on the academics. So I had to stay low and get myself focused, all right, and move forward, all right? And one thing that you're going to learn through sports is that when life hits you hard, sports will teach you how to hit back, all right? So stay low and keep your feet moving is something that I need you to get from what I'm saying today. When I say stay low and keep your feet moving, I'm just talking about everything. OK, I'm talking about everything. Now, I'm saying I'm, I've been in Brooks County now for 20 years and sports, I think, helped me get this job because a, a former uh, GA that played football with me at Valdosta State was working in Brooks County and he got me over. And then, matter of fact, Dr. Williams gave me my first job. So it is great to have that village and that those people. But all that brought me here and I've been in Brooks County for 20 years. Um, and, and I've been able to speak and bless a lot of people throughout that time. But the whole time, no matter how my title changed, my job always stayed the same and my message always stayed consistent and the same. I'm always trying to help people get better. OK, and one way you do that is by staying low, staying low and keep those feet moving. OK, and I don't know if I got many athletic or sport people here, but in every sport, 
every sport that I've coached, and I've coached them all, you have to have a good athletic stance. You have to stay low. All right, that's part of the thing that wins. When you boxing, you got to stay low. When you playing tennis, you got to have a stance and stay low and receive and hit the ball. All right, staying low is a huge, huge discipline. Okay, and it sounds easy, but it's not. All right, it takes a lot to be disciplined. And some of y'all are watching basketball and March Madness right now. You can see people blowing right by somebody that's not staying low. So staying low is a discipline. So that's why it's so important to know that staying low and keep those feet moving is very, very, very important. Okay, and I'm trying to tell you, my fathers now, as you graduate and you move on to the next milestone in your life, I want you to stay low. That means you got to grow some disciplines about yourself, about how you doing your day, about what you're doing for your family, about what you do for your job and about what you do for yourself, what type of man you're going to be. You got to create those disciplines that's going to allow you to stay focused, all right, so that you can keep moving. And then those feet got to keep going. That means you can't stop. That means when you hit those speed bumps, that means when, when life starts throwing things at you, you got to keep those feet churning. That means you got to go through to get through, and then you got to get through to get to where you're trying to go. All right, so you you got to keep moving, so you cannot stop those feet. Um, I don't know. I know some of you said you was working, um, that you weren't able to do it, but uh, setting goals is very, very, very important. Setting goals. There was a Harvard Business Study that said that 84% of the people in the world set no goal at all. They just living life, accepting what happens, listening to whoever they listening to, just kind of bouncing off, complaining, just going through life. All right. But 13% has a goal, but then they don't really have a plan to do anything with it. They just kind of have thoughts. So 14% of the world have thoughts, but then there's 3% of people that actually write goals down and have some plans to execute. All right. And I hope that throughout this program with all the great speakers that you've been listening to with all the milestones and the core values and all the parenting approaches that you guys discuss here, I hope that you are part of the 3% now that you are actually writing this stuff down and creating plans so that you could execute the things that you have. So setting goals is very, very important. Okay. Okay, and one easy way to do it, if you have not done it before, I'm going to give you some homework so I know y'all going to be mad at me, but just make a little T chart, like a, a, a big T, big cross, okay? On the left side, top of the cross, you put, I can control. On the right side, you put, I can't control, okay? My goal, my vision, and the two easiest things to write down and figure out is the things that I can control and the things that I can't control, all right? And I want you to hold on and focus on what you can control, and then the things that you can't control, you let them go. And oftentimes as men, I know there's a, a, a man's man type of thing. Sometimes we clean the mistakes just because it took us a lot of time to make them. You, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I know that we have this friend or whoever or this habit all right, that I've been doing for so long that I can't get rid of. All right, But really letting go means you got to come to the realization that some people, some things are part of your history. They're not part of your destiny. That means I got to let that go in order for me to move forward. So that means I can't just hold on to something because I think it's right. If I know that it's wrong, if I see that it's doing something to my family, it's affecting my family, then I got to have enough guts. I got to be able to let that go. And then when I let it go, it may be tough, but if I stay low and keep my feet moving, I can move past the uncomfortable feeling. I can move past the things that may make that a little different. Um, Coaching has taught me a lot of things. You know, it has. I'm saying I've been through the ups and downs. I've had some very good players. I've had some not so good players. All right. But through it all, there are some things that, that are 
kind of consistent. And like I was telling Dr. Muhammad earlier when he said he was like the next Emmitt Smith, he was that running back. If your mindset is that you're Walter Payton, Emmitt Smith, then that's what you can produce. All right. The mindset, your positive affirmation means a whole lot. Okay. So one thing that I've noticed that as a coach, the thing for me, my players always believe they're better than what they are. And, and it works up and down. I just coached some fourth grade kids, my son's fourth grade basketball team, and everybody on the team thought they was good. Nobody took a bad shot. Nobody ever shot away. Everybody on the team thought they was great. And I'm saying if we could learn that as early as 10, then I know that my older men could do it too. And I know life beats us down sometimes and we kind of get down on ourselves, but your mindset, what you believe is what you're going to get. Okay. But to keep this quick, uh, three things that I want to talk about that I think coaching has affected uh, me as a father, three things that I've learned from teaching other people's kids to what I've learned to go and do with my kids. These three things is trust, time, and then together. Again, what I've learned from my, from my 20 years, Okay, what 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 I've learned from coaching other people's kids and, and taking them home and buying them food uh, is three things. Okay, and it was tough. All right, and I also know that people try to look for um, people like confirmation. People don't like corrections. You know what I'm saying? They like confirmation. People like to be confirmed. You know, so you have to learn how to talk to people, and that's part of that mindset game. But again, the three things is trust, time, and then together. Okay, that's what I took and trust. All right. Trust one as a teacher, you know, as a principal. And one of the things that I talk to my teachers with as well, if you can't teach somebody that don't trust you. OK, you, you can't teach anyone that don't trust you, so you can't coach anyone that don't trust you. So I'm saying you as a father, you can't be a father. You can't teach your children anything if they don't trust you. So that's that's the first question. Now, you got to ask yourself, one, do you trust yourself? Okay, and in order for you to build trust in everybody else, you got to have that trust in yourself to make sure you do the things that you need to do for them to trust you. Okay, and three things I keep all these three things, but I remember three things that'll stop you from trusting yourself is your feelings. One, your friends and failure. All right, one, we get in our feelings so bad. If something, you know, some of us got some real bad road rage. All right, somebody pull in front of you and start driving slow, you ready to cuss them out. All right, your feelings, though, have you making decisions and doing things that could cause you to take away from your family. And then your friends, man, you know how it is always Super Bowl weekend, it's always the, the kickback. Somebody's always doing something great that you need to be at your son's game or your daughter's dance recital, but you know, you, you tugging the line between what's important and then failure, man. Sometimes when I try to do right, um, and listen, it, it's there, man. I try to do stuff with my son one-on-one -on -one that don't work. I feel like a failure. All right. When you, especially now with the social media stuff, you look at everybody else and, and, and people have all these little selfish ambitions about themselves that feel like I'm not doing something right because I'm looking at somebody else's highlight reel. I feel like I'm a failure and then I stop trusting myself. All right. But the first thing you got to do as a successful father is you got to trust yourself and then you got to build trust in your family. Your family got to be able to trust you. They got to know that your word is what it is. When you say you're going to do it, you're going to do it. All right. And then once you earn that trust, there's nothing that could stop the bond that you're going to have as a father. OK, but there are no corrections without trust. OK, no athlete, no matter what the talent level is, whether they real good or bad, if they don't trust that you know what you're talking about, if they don't trust that you have their best interest at heart, then they're not going to listen to you. 
Okay, and you can take that to your kids. You can't go tell your kids to clean the room if they don't trust you. All right, that you ain't my daddy. Y'all remember stuff like that. You ain't my daddy. You, I mean, you get that when those kids don't have that trust in you. Okay, when they don't trust you, you cannot correct them. All right, so there's no corrections without trust. All right, moving forward, I'm trying to speed up. The next one is time. Time is one of those things that once they're gone, they're gone. You don't get time back. Time is something that you can't put a price tag on. Um, and just spending that time. And like I said, uh, with coaching and coaching takes a lot um, just because we're away from your family a lot. But you got to find that balance. You got to be able to spend that time with your family, even if it's not communicating, even if it's not going to Disney World. I mean, it's something just time. I'm there. That child watches you do something. That wife, that family, they see you doing something so you can control what you're doing with your time. All right. And that that always was the cliche that if you don't take control, then somebody else is going to take control for you. Somebody else is going to be controlling you. So you got to make sure time is something that you are controlling uh, and that you make sure that you got time with your family uh, to be an effective father. And then the last thing from those T's is together, team. Okay. And we've mentioned that, Dr. Muhammad and David mentioned it early, man. We we are family with the with the community dads, with the preconceived dads, with the finna-be graduate dads. Uh, we we are a family. We are a team. Matter of fact, KD just tweeted this a few minutes ago. Y'all can research it. He said there's nothing on this earth that he could do by himself. And then Tom Brady said, you absolutely right. There's nothing that you could do on this earth by yourself. A lot of times it takes a team. It takes a village. It takes people to surround you and everybody to be moving with, with the same growth and development mindset. Everybody got the same way, okay, to, to help you reach those milestones. And the beautiful thing is that those of us that are privileged enough to have a family, to move that way, man, that togetherness is, is great. And here in Brooks County, you know, we've never had super creams of the crop. We've always taken what we've had uh, from the mud, as we say. We've always taken what we had, and we finna come out and outplay your talent every time. A great team is going to be the individual all the time, okay? Together, man, it, it's so many different things. We, we Everybody hold your rope. I'm saying the rope is stronger when it's, it's braided together, all right? One strand of rope by itself a pop but when you break that thing together it could do a lot so i'm just saying together as a as a community full of fathers with with sheila and tiffany and everyone that, that's coming to help i'm saying if if brandon and mercedes and otis and lewis if all of us were band together as fathers there's a lot of things that we could do not only for our families but things that we could do for the community um and those some of the things and why we join fraternities like phi beta sigma fraternity um so that we could bond together with brothers so that we can have that inclusive we so that we can have that group of people that are moving together with the same vision and we can make things happen because sometimes it's hard to do it by yourself so I'm saying in coaching, we don't like individuals to go out there and try to showboat and shine and make it about them because we won't be successful. We won't win any games. So the only way that we can win games is when we do things together, when the group together, when everybody together is banding up and not just one person hitting you when seven and eight and nine people are flying across the ball and a lot of people are trying to go by and knock your head off. That's the team. All right. That's the team that we have that's going to handle business. So I'm saying together and I'm saying you as a father in your family, you and your kids and your people in your house and your family together, man, listen, you could do a lot. And you've seen it in every Tyler Perry movie that he produced. When people try to do things alone, even when that family's arguing, when them jokers bond together, 
Come on, y'all know how that go. All right. Uh, and one more thing that I, I think is very, very important. I read a book, Four Agreements, that that's changed me after that. And the four agreements, I think, is something that I want to make sure I share with you. And the four things that he said, that if you agree to this, this will change your life. If, if you could live by these things, and it's everybody from Dr. Williams on down. Okay. If, if you could live by these things, man, I promise you, it'll change your life. Number one, be a man of your word. You got four agreements. The first agreement that I want you to try to make with yourself. Number one, it said, be a man of your word. Mean what you say. Your word is your bond. I'm saying if you say you're going to come home at this time, come home. If you say you're going to take them to the park, do it. If you say you're going to do this for the birthday, then do it. Or at least they need to see you attempting to do it. They need to be moving in that direction. So I'm saying be a man of your word. Mean what you say. Okay, because that's the trust that I was talking about you building. You building that trust in yourself because uh, that the self-confirmation that I've accomplished something. I'm saying be a man of your word. So that's something that we can all do. We got to be a man of our word. Okay, a man has to live by his word. If nothing else, nobody else is going to follow you. Number two, don't take anything personal. Okay, number one, be a man of my word. Number two, don't take anything personal. There's so many times that little things, you know, those little things become big problems. That little crack in your car windshield, if you don't tend to it, it'll become a big problem. That little leak, that drip that's in the bathroom, if you don't go fix it, it's going to become a problem. So I'm saying some little things that we take personal become a big problem because we get in our feelings. And you know, when a man now, when we get in our feelings, a lot of things change, a lot of things happen. All right, we get emotional, so things things start shifting. All right, and sometimes we don't think it's clear. All right, when we when we in our feelings, and because we taking everything personal, man, you did that just to me. All right, or you don't really know what happened. Okay, and I'm going back to my example of somebody pulling in front of you, and if we in Valdosta, we know traffic a little different, and sometimes you get with some people that can't drive. And they just pull in front of you, but you don't have no idea of what's going on with that person in that car, but you assume that they did that just to you, okay? And that was just a small example, but we, in our day-to-day -day lives, we do things at work. We feel like people do stuff just to me, and we start taking that stuff personal. So don't take things personal. Number three, don't make assumptions, okay? So number two and three kind of go together, all right? Don't assume, oh, man, I can't get that job. Don't assume, oh, they're not going to like me. Don't assume I can't go make this play. Don't assume my kid's not going to like it. And that's something that I know that we are, we have all these um, underlying biases that we develop through our experiences in our life. And we sit there and we see people and we kind of already predetermine what's going to happen. And we make a lot of assumptions. So don't be up here lying and try that like you don't do it. Okay. As my kids say, start the cap. All right, cause I know we all have those biases and we all make those assumptions. We all doubt ourselves. I had the doubt that I can even perform and speak well for you tonight. So we all make assumptions. Okay, but I'm saying if I'm going to truly, truly reach the top of my manhood, I got to try to work on these four agreements. I'm going to go through them again. Number one, be a man of your word. Number two, don't take anything personal. Number three, don't make assumptions. Okay, don't assume people after you. And then the last one, number four, is just always do your best. All right, as long as you're doing your best, as long as you're staying low and keeping them feet moving, man, it don't matter how many mistakes you make. It don't matter how many times you fail. It don't, none of that matters. The only thing matters is that you are going and the people that you've earned the trust of, those people that trust you, they are listening with you. They are together with you. And I promise you, your family together with you, um, you know, and it cannot be a gap between what you know and what you do. Okay, so after you've been through these programs like Baby Love uh, and after you've heard all these speeches, 
you can't say you didn't know. So don't don't let it be a gap between what you know and what you do. All right. But I'm saying stay low and keep your feet moving. Um, a couple of stats that I looked up just when I talked, when I learned that I was talking to some fathers is that dads make a huge difference. OK, now this is my educator side. So, of course, I got to give you a few numbers, but I need you guys to know what your impact on the community is. Uh, 60 percent are less likely to be suspended or expelled from school if the dad is involved. That's 60 percent. Over half the kids are less likely, less likely. OK, it's 80 percent are less likely to spend time in jail. 80% of the kids, if they have a father that's involved, are less likely to spend time in jail. Okay, so I'm saying that's that's a huge thing. 45% are less likely to repeat a grade. That means just by your presence, just by you being there, earning that trust, they're going to move on to the next grade. There's so many fatherless children that are struggling. All right, so on the flip side, there is a crisis. All right, maybe not in Valdosta, but there's a crisis. All right. The Bureau says that 18.3 million children, that's one out of four, live without a biological step or adoptive father. One out of four. So one out of four kids that you seen at the carnival the other day at by the mall or when you walking through Walmart, one out of four of those kids are living without a father. And so what that means that they're four times the number of students are in risk of poverty. There's seven times that a young lady is likely to become pregnant as a teen without her father. It's more likely for them to commit a crime without a father. So I know I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. Two times are more likely to suffer from obesity. They're more likely to go to prison. They're more likely to drop out of high school. I could keep going. They're more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. They're more likely to face abuse and neglect. I'm saying there's so many things. They're more likely to have behavioral and mental problems. I'm saying 18.3 million children in America alone are being raised without a father. So that's why it's such an important milestone that I don't want you to overlook that being a father is super, super, super great. OK, now the last thing and I'm really done for real after this one. The last thing I want you to imagine a scoreboard. OK, uh, uh, the scoreboard, you know, y'all know what a scoreboard. You got the home, you got the guests, you got the period. All right. You got all that. Just the scoreboard. All right. And I like to throw this at the end, especially to reference my coaching aspect. So when you looking at the scoreboard, so I'm saying when your children looking at the scoreboard, do they feel like they the home team or the guest team? Which one are they? When, you, when you're talking about in your life and your family, your 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 game of life or your kids, do they feel like they the home team or the guest team? Do they feel like they got an advantage or do they feel like they on the road? Come on now. Think about that shot clock. Think about the clock. I'm saying you got home and the guests. All right. Do your kids feel like they the home team or the guests in your game? What period is it in your game? What, what's the shot clock? Do you, do you have your kids on the shot clock like they have to be rushed to see you? Are they, are they, are they, do they have 25 seconds or do they have 42 seconds to see you and then you gone? All right. Thinking about that clock again. How many files? How many files? How many timeouts are you giving your kids? Do they get in trouble three times and then you get rid of them? All right. That, come on. Think about that. All right. So I'm saying how much time do they have on the clock? Do they feel like they're the home of the guests? All right. Though, I'm going to give you an extra one. So I don't know if y'all can see the clock like I can see it. All right. But in basketball, we used to have this thing called a bonus. <laughs> you know, when somebody messes up, you get a bonus. Do your kids feel like they got a bonus with you? What do they have to do to earn the bonus? What can they do to please you? 
So, man, life is a game, man. And being a father is all about a game. And if you can remember a few of those things that I told you, then you and your family will always be the home team. Your clock will always be running. Your kids have infinite bonuses. All right. But you have to be the, the leader, the anchor of it by staying low and keeping your feet moving. Um, just make sure you, you stay connected to great people like Dr. Muhammad and Dr. Williams and Mr. David, Rocky Harris. All right. But I know you got Gerard, Mercedes. I hope you guys are still on. Daniel, I know that you was there. Brandon, you too. And Corey, I hope that you guys stay together and connect some kind of way. And together, let's see what we could do to change this community. But again, remember those four agreements as I close. One, be a man of your word. All right. You got to do that, man. Got to be a man of your word. Don't take anything personal. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. If you can live by that and stay low and keep those feet moving, everything else will fall in this place. All right. Thank you again. I hope I've been able to give you something to go by. Uh, and at this time, I'll take any questions before it gets too late and I mess up the rest of your evening.